they'd ask him if he could do this or that, and he would. He'd help them out. He'd give of himself, and he'd help them see God in the ways that they had never seen God before. He was someone of great power, yet he meant nothing to most. Now, the political and religious elites of the time, they didn't really like him. stop everything he was doing, and so they would actually create lies about him. They would walk around and they would talk to the people and they would say, no, he's not really this. He didn't really say that. He didn't really do this. In fact, it's all lies. Can you tell who I'm talking about? Yep. Jesus. Jesus did all those things. And what's killing me, what's interesting to me, and what caused me to bring us to this day as we're looking at Palm Sunday is Christ fulfilled many roles. And there's something interesting about three roles that he fulfilled that no one else in all of history ever fulfilled. Prophet, priest, and king. He fulfilled all three of those at one time. There was no one in all of history before Christ or after Christ has fulfilled all three of those things. Is my hair down? <laughs> we celebrate Jesus today because of the aspect of his kingship. However, I want to remind us of the other offices that Christ held so we can see why it's important that we look at his triumphal entry today. What is triumphal about Christ? Because he didn't establish his kingship until today, Palm Sunday. And we're going to look at Psalm 110. We're in the Psalms, and we're going to look at Psalm 110 because it's important to see that he actually fulfills all three of the offices in Psalm 110. And I'm going to explain to you through the Psalms those things, and then we're going to look at the triumphal entry, and we're going to connect the two. And so I want you guys to see why we celebrate Jesus' triumphal entry into New Jerusalem today. Because we're going to be reminded of the offices he holds. Because there's something in the end that he does for us. He gives us something. He gives us salvation and hope. He fights for us because he loves us. And so we're going to look at the three offices first. Jesus Christ is a prophet is a priest and he is a king. Let me define for you what those are. Number one is a prophet. A prophet was somebody who or was tasked with speaking God's truth to the people. That's what a prophet did. And in the Old Testament, that meant you were to tell of God's truth and also tell of God's future plans. So, job as a prophet was to tell about who God was and what his future plans were for the nation of Israel and for the world. And actually, Jesus' disciples quote Deuteronomy 18, and we'll see that here, but Jesus' disciples quote this about him as a prophet. It says, Deuteronomy 18, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, 
from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. Just as you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly, when you said, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord, my God, or see of this great fire anymore, lest I die. Verse 17, and the Lord said to me, they are right in what they have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak them to all of them that I have commanded him. In fact, Peter attributes this to Jesus in Acts chapter 7. He actually reads this passage in Deuteronomy 18 to the people, to the disciples, to connect the fact that Jesus was a prophet. And this passage in Deuteronomy 18 is right after God gives directions to the Levitical priests. That's an interesting statement. Because you're going to find a fact here that Jesus is more than the house of Levi. Jesus as a prophet surpasses the house of Levi. Levi's were the prophets and teachers and the priests of the nation of Israel. And yet Christ comes from a different order, an order that precedes the house of Levi. And we'll see that important fact here in a minute. But he told, Jesus told the people about God's word, and he told them about the future and what's going to happen soon. That's the order of the prophet. Now we're going to look at the priest. A priest served as a mediator between God and man. Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy 2, <coughs> verse 5, For if there is one God, for there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, that man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. Priests were people set up by God to love God's people and to teach them the way of God. Priests would pray for the people. Priests would laugh with the people. Priests would cry with the people. Jesus does all of those things. And we'll see that in a minute. But the priests were the part of the community that helped everyone know who God was. That's what Jesus did. Now here's the kingship aspect of that, of Jesus. Kings were established by God to oversee his kingdom on earth. David was a great example of this. He was a warrior who was established by God for God's kingdom on earth in many different ways. In fact, David was told by the prophet Samuel this. Verse 13, 2 Samuel 7. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the son of men. But my steadfast love will not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be made forever sure before me. Your throne shall be established forever. Verse 17, in accordance with all these things, in accordance with all the vision, Nathan spoke to David. So that's talking about David being established that his kingdom wouldn't be, or that his kingdom would be established forever. This is the lineage that Jesus Christ came from. He established the forever king over all the earth forever. And so he comes to us and fulfills the three different prophets, or three different offices. Prophet, priest, and king. Now, here's something interesting. The 
offices, like I said, never overlapped with each other. There was never a prophet who was also a priest and a king. There was never a priest who was also a prophet and a king. And there was never a king who was either a prophet or a priest. None of them overlapped until Jesus Christ. None of them. Now, some of your kings might have been prophets. might have been priests, but they were never kings. Very rarely did you ever see a priest that was a king or vice versa. Why is this important? Why is it important that God establishes his kingdom through his son? Because we know that God is in control. We worship him today. We celebrate those three offices of Jesus Christ because salvation comes through hope. Hope comes through faith. He fulfills all the necessary issues that are regarding us in the world that we need of faith. We need prophets. We need priests. We need a king. We get all of that through Jesus Christ. Let's look at Psalm 110 and I'll explain it different. I'll explain it more there. Psalm 110 says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Here it is. Christ the King. Jesus is beginning and he begins to set up as King over the earth here. In fact, we see this in Psalm 2 couple weeks ago. It says, as for me, I set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. This verse is actually going to come up in the Passion Week before Christ is crucified. In fact, it says this in Matthew. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question saying, what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. He said to them, how is it then David in the spirit calls him Lord, saying, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If David calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to ask him a word, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. Christ quoted this about himself to the Pharisees to explain that he is from the line of David. In fact, you can see the line of David in Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. Jesus Christ comes from the line of David. He is set up as king. That's what he's doing here. This is where you find his lineage. This is the lineage is the prophecy fulfilled in Christ. Jesus had the name that's above every name, Philippians. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that's above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Christ is the King. There's no way to get around it. Jesus tells his disciples and us what he wants from us as he is the king. Matthew 
Luke chapter 28, Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am always with you, even to the end of the age. Jesus is set up as king by God the Father. As Psalm 110 puts it, he rules in the midst of his enemies. This is Christ as king. We can trust says this, your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power in holy garments. From the womb of the morning, the dew of your youth will be yours. Interestingly enough, this is about Christ the prophet. If anyone asks of you why you're untying it, you shall say this, the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went away and found it, just as they told them to, or he had told them to. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, Why are you untying this colt? And they said, The Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus, throwing their cloaks on the colt, and they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. son. He healed a lame man in the pool of Bethsaida. He cleansed a leper. He healed a blind man and a mute man. He fed 5,000 and 4,000 at different times. He walked on water. He raised Lazarus from the dead. He restored a soldier's ear after it was cut off by one of his disciples. I could go on. There are many miracles that Christ did, but I think that's enough for right now. Jesus was offered freely on the day of his power in holy garments, cloaks from the people and disciples to prove that he was a prophet. He said to them something that's going to happen in the future, and it was fulfilled right away. He told them, go get this colt. No one's ever sat on it. They're going to ask you, why are you untying this? And you're going to say, the Lord has need of it. There's his prophet, prophecy right there. That's just one. He fulfilled it right then and there. Here's verse 4. Here's the last thing he fulfilled today as king, prophet, priest, and a fruitful scribe. Verse 4 says this. The Lord was, has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever after. Are mediators between God and 
like I said, Paul told Timothy that Jesus was the mediator between God and man. But many people were arguing about this, about his order of priesthood, because the priests only came from the Levitical lines in God's established kingdom. Many forget that Melchizedek came before the line. So actually, the writer of Hebrews says this, and this is important. He says, since we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace. Who sits on a throne? A king. We're talking about a priesthood here. Yet we can establish that we can come to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace, In times of need, Jesus is the great high priest for us. And how do we know that he's the priest forever after the order of Melchizedek? Listen to this, chapter 7, verse 11. Now, if perfection has been attainable through the Levitical priesthood, for under the people received the law, what further need would there have been for another priest to arise after the order of Melchizedek, rather than the one named after the order of Aaron? For when there is a change in the priesthood, there is necessarily a change in the law as well. For the one who knows these things are spoken belong to another tribe, from which to one no one has ever served at the altar. Verse 14, For it is evident that our Lord was descended from Judah, and in connection with the tribe of Moses said nothing about priests. Verse 15, This becomes even more evident when another priest arises in the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become a priest, not on the basis of legal requirement concerning bodily descent, but by the power of an indestructible life. For it is witnessed of him, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. We're talking about Jesus. Indestructible life. There is no one else on this earth who has ever fulfilled all three roles. Verse 18, for on one hand, the former commandment is set aside because of its weakness and uselessness, for the law made nothing perfect. But on the other hand, a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to God. Verse 20, it was not without an oath, for those who formerly became priests were made such without an oath. But this one was made a priest with an oath by the one who said to him, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. This makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office, but he holds his priesthood permanently because it continues forever. That's the priest we're talking about. Verse 25, Consequently, he is able to save to the utmost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. (coughs) Jesus Christ is the high priest we all need. He is 
celebrate Palm Sunday and his kingship. And we're going to read that here in a minute. What he did, why he did it, and how he set up his kingdom forever. So let's look at this because here's the end of Psalm 110, which is more to come of this. But it says this, verse 5, Psalm 110. The Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter kings on the day of his wrath. He will execute judgment among the nations, filling them with corpses. He will shatter chiefs over the, over the wide earth. He will drink from the brook by the way. Therefore, he will lift up his head. This is dealing with Jesus Christ's second coming. The second coming couldn't have happened if it wasn't a first coming. And so we saw the first coming. We read the first coming. We actually take communion the first Sunday of every month to be reminded of the fact that he's coming again. And we break the body and the blood and we drink those things to be in remembrance of him so that he is going to come again so we don't forget. Because what happens is when we forget about history, what do we do? We lose his story. second coming next week as well, and I don't want to spoil it this week, but understand why we have a Good Friday, understand why we celebrate on Sunday his resurrection, but let me share with you the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ into the world that we know today. Listen to what Jesus did to fulfill all three of the prophecies. disciples saying that's what's in red in there I don't know if you guys can read that or not he sent two of his disciples saying what does a prophet do he tells of the future right he tells of who God is he tells of the future what did Jesus just do right there sent two of his disciples saying to the village in front of you where you are entering, you will find a colt tied on it, and on which no one's ever sat. Untie it, bring it here. If anyone asks you why you are untying it, you shall say this. What's a prophet do? He tells of God in the future. He tells of God and of the future. He tells of God's truth, and he tells of the future. You will say this, the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went away and found it, just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, the owner said to them, why are you untying the colt? And he said, or I'm sorry, and they said, the Lord has need of it. There is a prophecy right there that was fulfilled in 
constantly by Christ's disciples. He said two things, and they both came true, and they were of God's hand so that you could see and I could see who he was as a prophet. Then it comes to this. And they brought it to Jesus, throwing their cloaks on it, on the colt, and they set Jesus on it. Why would you set Jesus on the colt that no one's ever sat on before? Because he's a prophet who fulfills his kingship here. They put their holy garments, like it says in Psalm 110, your people offer themselves freely on the day of your power in holy garments. And they set up through this prophet the kingship of Jesus Christ. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. And as he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that he had been see- they had been seen, saying, what did they say? Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Establishing from the prophecy that Christ gave his kingship on Palm Sunday. They were saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. They were witnessing his disciples. Remember that guy who does multiple things and there were some that liked him and some that didn't like him? Many didn't like him. And yet he set himself up as the perfect prophet, the perfect king. And here it comes. Are you ready for this? Here's his perfect priesthood together. His priesthood together. Verse 39, And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he wasn't a priest. What's a priest do? He teaches. the community of people together in the midst of God so they understand and see who God is. Jesus right here is being told by people who don't like him, teacher, rebuke your disciples. And what does Jesus say? He answered them, I tell you, if they were silent, the very stones would cry out. Verse 41, and when he had drawn near and saw the city, What did he do? He wept over it. What does a priest do? Weeps with them. Laughs with them. He takes care of the people and brings them to God. That's what Jesus does for us. In the triumphal entry, the thing we celebrate today on Palm Sunday, Jesus fulfilled three prophecies or three offices prophet, the priest, and the kingship. He did it all in one day. Like I said when I prayed, Jesus fulfilling the prophecies he fulfilled that were talked about the coming Messiah is one in ten to the 157th power. Take one and add 157 zeros at the end of that. 
that is Jesus Christ fulfilling those prophecies. It is so large of a number, they don't even have a name for it. The probability of one man fulfilling those, that many prophecies, is 1 in 10 to the 157th power. It's so large, they don't even know what to do with it. But Christ fulfilled the word of God. Let us understand that this morning. This was the day. day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes, for the days will come upon you and your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear down the ground and your children within you and they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. Jesus silent years. You ever heard that before? The 400 silent years before Christ? God wasn't silent. Here's the problem is they weren't looking for the truth that was happening at their time. Are we looking for the truth that's happening in our time? Are we focusing on the right things today? We have someone was a priest who's called forever after the order of Melchizedek. He wept like a priest over the nation of Israel, and he is blessed as the king who comes in the name of the Lord. That is Jesus Christ being our king for us. That's why we celebrate the triumphal entry at Palm Sunday, because he fulfilled those three things. He established God's kingdom on the earth, and he's going to come again to deliver us
say it again. Do you know Jesus Christ? Is he your prophet? Is he your priest? Is he your king? Has he established that today? He established his kingdom today. Jesus Christ established his kingdom today. Can I get an amen? Jesus Christ established his kingdom today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you established your kingdom today. We say amen to that because we know it to be true. You are the priest who cried for your people, who taught your people, who showed what it means to be someone after the order of Melchizedek came before the house of the divine, that you wept for us, you wept for the nations, you came to die so that we could have salvation. Lord, you told of many things that were going to happen, and we today are, are asking ourselves, where is the Lord? What's he doing? Many mock you, Lord, it says in Second Peter chapter 3, many mock say, where is your God? What has he done? He hasn't done anything. Yet we know that you've done amazing, wonderful, miraculous gifts. You've prophesied to us. Lord, you bless us as king because you came in the name of the Lord. You are the only begotten son that was established forever. And your kingship is forever through the line of David. We celebrate this great day together. We celebrate it with each other because we know that you are the prophet who is the king. You give us salvation and hope. There is none like you before you. There has never been anyone like you after. And so, Lord, together we pray that we would follow you to truly love each other well so that the world may know that we are your disciples. We pray and thank you for this church. I pray and thank you for these people. Help us to love each other well. We pray it all in Jesus' name.